I would say if the authorities didn't want us involved in the public square, they ought not to have crucified Jesus in the public square. These humanistic principles. Well, I would say the same idea. I would say that. I would say, what's the problem with stardust bumping into stardust? In the in the cosmic picture, no, there's no problem. In the cosmic picture, it won't matter. No, Mr. President, you are not protecting reproductive freedom. You are authorizing the destruction of freedom for one million little human beings every year. I'm sorry, my friends, but I am tired of seeing Jesus presented as a weak beggar. He is a powerful Savior, and the Gospel is not a suggestion, it is a command. Reverend Mola, don't you sympathize with that? I sympathize with every single human heart wishing to know the one true and living God, but I believe there's only one way that that can happen through Jesus Christ, and the Gospel is about repenting of sin, not celebrating it. Welcome, everyone, to Apologia Radio Live from ReformCon 2022. My producer is giving me looks because I was looking stupid, and I did that on purpose just for you, Gabe the Babe. Welcome, everyone. Jeff the Ninja Pastor Durbin is uh, losing his voice, and he's got to teach yet, so he's He's indisposed. Drinking some honey tea or something. And Joey's on stage right now with... Summer and Desi Mays, some kind of feminist stuff. This is going to be a mishmash, apology or radio. So uh, I have uh, someone you know very well over here to my right. I've got uh, Zachary Ballywin Conover. What's up, everybody? I have someone to my left, far left, that's been on before via phone call, maybe in person, Wade the Spade Orsini. All right. I just came up with that. I like it. Way in the spade. Good to be here. And I got a someone new to Apologia Radio who's it's like a little kid over here between me and Wade. <laughs> Go ahead. What's what's the name? I don't I don't know, dude. Dan the Daniel man. Bad Movie Lover Constantino. <laughs> that flows that flows perfectly. Yeah, that's it. It's like we got the baby lover shirts, so I'm gonna get you one that says bad movie lover. Daniel the Spaniel. Dan the man is fine. Nah, Master easy. Skywalker, that's, whatever you want to do. No, that's just whatever you want. <laughs> This show is brought to you by Canada Dry. Just kidding, it's not. <laughs> um, so yeah, I wanted to just have a fun show. We're here live as people walking by. Stuff's going on. People yeah. are talking. Lots of activity. There's lots of things happening. So Zachary Conover, what has been your favorite part thus far as we're winding down here? Yeah, I, I think it's been to see all of the guys that that we enjoy gleaning from and listening to like to to have all these guys under one roof and to have the fellowship the great messages the you know people that traveled from so far away to be here and to share in that um it's just been great it our ministry by god's grace has impacted so many people that to, Mm. to hear them share their stories and 
you know, how God pushed them over to, over the line in multiple areas of cultural engagement, Yeah, uh, whether it's having to do with end abortion now or just become more involved in bringing the gospel into their own cultures where they live back home. It's been super encouraging. So those have been some of my, my favorite things is just to be under the same roof with these people and these speakers, one of whom I get to introduce soon, which I'm I was gonna say, very, very excited you about. one of your heroes here. He's going to have yes. to bounce in a little bit. Yes. Introduce Dr. Joseph Das Boot. Yes. I'm very excited. I bet you are. Just keep Hopefully it, I do it justice. Just take a deep breath. No, no pressure. No I pressure. Will. Yeah. I'm don't, just going to. Don't trip. Yeah. You're good. You got it. How about you, Pastor Wade the Spade? What's going on with you? You're down from the old yeah. Mormonville, USA. Yeah, here I am, uh, down from Utah. In the flesh. Back in uh, in the flesh. My old stomping grounds, for sure. Yeah, it's been really good. I think one of the um, prevailing themes so far that I've seen out of all the talks has been that we we change the world not simply by um, large crowds, but we also don't do it by individual. Yeah. It's family units mm. I've seen, and it's local <clears throat> churches. Like the, the local church is a simple thing, but it's a force to be reckoned with. Yeah, it's potent. And, yeah. yeah. And, and that's God's, uh, that's his purpose, is using the local church to change culture, mm. to bring the gospel to the nati- nations, to teach them all that Christ has commanded. And that's the system that he uses. So that's, that's kind of what I, I've seen sown throughout all the talks is uh, we need to go back. We need to go to our churches and that's how we're going to see change. Mm-hmm. And we clean house personally in our own homes and then we clean the Lord's house and then we take things over. So, mm. yeah. Amen. What about you, Daniel Constant Nino? Constantinople. Constant Nino. Constant Nino. Nino is good. That, that's a good one. That's a good oh, one. Like it's not going to stick, that's but good. that's a good one. No, um, two things me and my wife have been really encouraged by is one, the psalms we've been singing. Mm. To, mm. Think, to think that these are the songs that the people of God were actually singing, of course, in a different language, but same lyrics. Um, and I think it's flowed through all the messages. And all the messages, yeah. we're hearing things like, the authority of Christ, his dominion. And so to be at a conference where you're, you're constantly hearing these things, you're meditating upon them, they're in front of you, it's, it's refreshing. And so just the, the reality of having these things in front of you. My wife has literally told me multiple times, I don't want to skip any talk. Uh, like mm. we're not going to go get food because I want to hear what's next. And so it's been encouraging for both of us. Can you guys see Daniel okay? <laughs> I don't know if he... Yeah, I'm 6'2". That, mic, that microphone was too high. I might be a little too tall. Do we need to get you a phone book to sit on? <laughs> Constant Nino. Constant Nino. So, uh, uh, no. yeah, just had a gimme, man. I would have thought of something. So, the theme here is... This is... You said something, Wade, that made me think of something. Uh, the theme is by the standard. Mm-hmm. And so, we've, you know, chosen, like Zach said, some of our heroes, our friends that we look up to and partner with and had them... Uh, talk about areas that they're experts in by the standard by god's word is the standard of our of truth and morality and education all those things um and one thing that i love about stuff like this is just to see how the spirit like you were talking about weaving things like how Mm -hmm. the spirit just like none of these guys really were talking with one another none of our speakers were talking with one another yeah and just to see like common threads like you said wade that the spirit's kind of 
weaved in through everybody's talks. Yeah. I love to see stuff like that. We we like to kind of set things up like that and just like here's your topic, you know, let the let the Lord work in your heart. So mm-hmm. um but yeah, I want you guys to chime in on that. Yeah, man. I think um you know, sola scriptura, we believe that. You know, we believe in reformational principles. We believe that the word of God is um the unchanging standard revelation of God's character. It ought to be the rule for all of life. We don't believe that should be limited to the individual or to the family or even to the church. Like we're talking about all realms of existence created by God being placed under the Lordship of Jesus Christ, which is not something that the majority of Christians in our culture believe in. When you talk about engaging the culture, like we're speaking kind of our internal ghetto language. Yeah, man, the church needs to engage the culture. We need to go out and preach the gospel and engage culture and do that. And a lot of Christians are just like, why would you do that? Mm. Like what's, yeah. I mean, is that even the church's mission? Is, is the mission of the church to change culture? And really one thing I admire about these talks, there's a lot yes. of the answer is Yes. Uh, yes. The answer is just yes. But uh, about these talks is if you listen, obviously the hope of them is shaped by the Psalms. Like you're talking about Daniel, like the, the, once the church stopped singing the Psalms, this is what David Chilton said in paradise restored. Once the church stopped singing the Psalms, which were the war, uh, the battle hymnal of the church, we lost that militant mm. uh, attribute about us mm. and that uh, hope that gospel shaped hope of victory for the future. We lost that sure. when, we, when we lost that, but also you'll notice one theme that's woven throughout all these talks is this continuity between creation, fall and redemption. So, and that's something that's missing from the majority of evangelicalism today is how did God intend for things to be in the beginning when he created man in his image? And as an extension of that, what's the occupation of man to be yeah. in advancing Christian culture and advancing the kingdom of God in the world, how that was lost through sin, what Adam forfeited um, mm-hmm. in the garden, what he gave up, and then how in Jesus Christ that's restored to us, we're restored to our original purpose as image bearers mm-hmm. of God through the true image of the invisible God, Jesus Christ, who is the new man, the man of culture, um, who is making a new humanity in himself. That's what he's doing. He's right. reconstituting all of us as new creatures right. in Christ. And that involves cultural work on the other end of salvation. So it's not just forgiveness of sins, the gift of eternal life. It's work. It's forgiveness of sins. And then God puts us back on mission. And so we operate yeah. in how he created us to operate and do and be what he created us to do and be. So I've noticed that as a theme woven throughout this whole thing is, I mean, engaging culture, like Mm. that actually matters. And Mm. it's something that we should be engaged in, but we need to have a scripturally informed perspective, sola scriptura. And no, we don't just mean for the church, institutional church. We mean for every realm, every sphere, everywhere that the Lordship of Christ gains ground and advances into that particular territory, we can safely say the kingdom of God has come there mm. and that's what we want mm. yeah and i andrew sandlin mentioned it yesterday and i know he stole this from joe boot here about to introduce here uh but culture is just religion externalized right yep. and so uh, if we're preaching the gospel to our neighbors and to our community and christ's kingdom is growing like the culture should reflect that right. right and the fact that the culture is not reflecting that shows that the church is failing to do that you know, and one of my favorite verses is in Colossians 1, Christ came to reconcile all things to himself. That's right. 
So it's like the church is like, well, yeah, he came to do that, but not the culture. Mm-hmm. We're just going to let the culture yeah. go to hell. You know, he didn't. But it's like, no, he came to reconcile all things. So, yeah, we are supposed to transform the culture with the gospel. Amen. One thing you guys, especially Zach, you reminded me of, I am back at Apology at Church Utah. I am preaching uh, uh, expository through the gospel according to John. And we went through the prologue. We're in chapter 3 now, but really there's this theme in John. John wrote in chapter 20 and 21, he said, and all the things that Christ did, you know, if, 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 if one were to write them down, yeah. not, even all numerous. the books in the world yeah. couldn't contain them. And so the idea is that the Apostle John chose, had a purpose, was, was selective about exactly what Jesus did. Uh, mm. he, he selected exactly what he wanted Jesus, uh, what he wanted his readers to see that Jesus had accomplished and done throughout his, uh, his work and ministry. And in the prologue, you see this aspect where a veil is being pulled back. We're seeing that Christ is the creator. Yeah. He's the eternal logos. Right. Uh, he was there before the world was. And so not anything that was made was made apart from him. And, and that's who he is. We see the deity of Christ. And then there's a switch in the prologue. And you especially see in that the word became flesh. The logos became sarks mm-hmm. is, is the Greek word. And it's just this this very basic word. He took on all that it was to be a man. God himself took on. And, and the point is, eventually in verses 12 and 13, it says that that Logos who became flesh, he's creating again. He's making something new again, and he's making children of God. And all of a sudden, you see him come into his temple in chapter 2, and he's cleansing it. And, it's, and, it, and he points to the fact that he's the temple, and then he's going to make a temple out of his church. So he's getting rid of the old, he's creating again. We see when he turns the water into wine, you have pots that were made, uh, they were purification cleansing vessels. Right. As they came into the, the, the wedding, the wedding, came the out, wedding yeah. uh, they yeah. had to uh, ceremonially wash their hands. And Christ then makes what was meant for unclean things into messianic kingdom wine. Yeah. And so there's all this uh, recreating juice, and bro. you will, you will, <laughs> yeah, it ain't grape juice. He, I promise you that he's going to make you born again. And it so was choice wine. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> choice wine. So again, the, 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 the point is the creator has come again. Yeah. He's creating new. And, and, and this relates to this, uh, conference because the gospel doesn't just stop in the inner man. Yeah. The gospel doesn't just stop internally. It doesn't just save us and reconcile us to God. That is absolutely one of the most glorious aspects. But because it does that, because it changes us, it's going to change other things. And so, you know, as evangelical Christians in America, we've often let it just stop there. It's just me, my Bible, and Jesus, and maybe sometimes I'll go to church. And that's what the gospel changes. No, actually, what the, go- the gospel is so powerful that it will create again as, as Jesus came to do. And so that means we're freed men and we need to make things and recreate things for the kingdom of God. Right. You know, we, there's so many of us as Christians who are trading time for money in our, in our, in our corporations, corporations run by heathens, corporations run by wicked people. And we're in this system and we're just trading that time for money. And we ought to, if we can, Lord willing, 
try to create something like Jesus yeah. is creating in us. You, you know what, you get yeah. what I'm saying? We really need to push ourselves more that the gospel doesn't just make us saved, but then put us back in the machine. We don't just stay in Babylon where we build his kingdom. And when you build his kingdom, it means the businesses, the art, the culture of Babylon starts to die out and the, and the culture of the kingdom prevails. Yeah. Yeah. And so we need to start living in that reality now. And that's kind of a lot of the push that I see here. And the kingdom has a culture. It, it produces yeah. a particular yeah. culture yes. in the world. It's not value neutral. Right. <laughs> right. You see things externalized as the gospel grows, Lord willing. Daniel? Son? Yeah, no, I think, uh, Zach, I think you hit it perfect. Uh, I feel like 90% of my conversations always come back to Sola Scriptura. Yeah. And so when you have all the speakers here, there's... Really? 90%? About 90%. Even with your wife? Even with my wife. Wow. <laughs> the 10% Babe, Sola Scriptura, okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, the, the other 10% are Star Wars and Mexican food, but no, but um, <laughs> that's probably there's there's this moment flipped. when when the speakers are speaking and they they read the word of God and there's this moment of reverence. And this is why we're here, Jeff, and all of us will say here now the words of the yes. true, because it's God said this. So when we're at a conference like this and the message is being pushed, uh, we should be the, be the best at Christian arts in yeah. economics. Yeah. In um on the street evangelism, on ending abortion, on whatever it is, as Christians, we should be the best. Well, the reason why that has weight and power is because our our master gave us marching orders. Yeah. He, he said, go do this. So I, I taught on this recently, but in Colossians 3, it's you were dead, right? Mm -hmm. you, 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 you've died to your sins. Now you're a new creation. You're made alive. Therefore, whatever you do in word or in deed, he says, do it in the name of the Lord Jesus. And then he says, do it with thankfulness, to God the Father. Yeah. So in the, in the Christian walk, in the Christian life, there, there should be this constant, I think, reminder of thankfulness to God. And that's why I'm doing everything at 100%. That's why I'm doing everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. So I think it's just been encouraging to see in all the speakers this, this thread of, look, we're going to be the best at whatever area it is. Yeah. It doesn't matter. And the reason is, is because our Lord, our Savior, the one who bought us at a price, told us to go do so and so just that that theme of thus saith the lord yeah. because He's, he owns it all it's all his it's his he it's bought his. it with his blood that's yeah. that's your that's your verse right there colossians yeah. one yeah he purchased right. it all right it all okay. belongs so to hold that thought so you know myself and zach and wade we're already all we're at full-time ministry right i know that you desire you desire that but you're not right now you work in a secular yeah industry so talk about that what you just said yeah you know, as you're going to work as yeah. a Christian in a secular industry. Yeah. Well, um, I, I go to work and I work in a, in a kitchen with probably about five, six different people at a time. And there is this constant, I walk in and, Oh, you're the, you're the Christian. So when, really? when, when Roe was overturned, it was like, Hey, what did you think about that? Um, but it's, it's not just my opinions. It's how I'm working. So the fact that I get to work and I show up on time, the fact that I get to work and when I'm putting together a meal, one thing that the company can be very specific about is is make this presentable. Mm -hmm. And so when, when I'm putting something on a plate and there's multiple items of food, I'm not just throwing it on there, making it look sloppy. So the person who receives it says, I just paid 20 bucks for this plate and look how it is. Right now, whether or not my, my, my physical boss gives me a raise or sees all the work I'm doing, every time I make a plate, I'm making it beautiful because I have a boss higher than him. Yeah. I have the Lord Jesus. Right. So uh, in the work environment, it's 
I'm making sure that even if these men and women I'm working with, they're not cleaning up after themselves, they're not giving it 100%. They're there just for a paycheck. That's what they're there for. Um, and it's good to have a paycheck. I love to provide for my family. But even in my working, I'm, I'm seeking to glorify God. Okay, hold on. I know you, I, That's I, a great I, point. I know you want to say so. I got to, before you leave this point. So what I'm going to say sounds silly, but I, I hope you get what I'm saying. So when you get every plate you put out, do you like make like a cross out of french fries <laughs> and you take like right. the ketchup and you and make like, it black it's christian like, food, you write, yes. write the gospel and ketchup or something no yeah. no not at all why because it's not it's not the the explicit content of the gospel being on the food because that can't happen but it's the idea oh, of can, someone but... of some, i guess you can but <laughs> but the idea is somebody would look at this and someone every time they receive a plate of food at least from me they would say I'm impressed by this. There, yeah. there's, there has to be a motivation or a reason there's why every there. time I come, this plate is done well. well. So there's actually people in the kitchen that people know, like the customers will ask, hey, is so-and-so working today? Because they know the burger is mm -hmm. going to be made right. Yeah. They know the chicken's going to be cooked well. The salad, They know all of it is going to be made right. And so as a Christian, I seek to be the most diligent, the best hardworking person. Right, because a, a lazy Christian points to a late makes a lazy savior yeah mm. like every you know we're ambassadors the bible says we're representatives so if you're a lazy christian if you're poor in your work you're saying that the savior's work is poor the savior's work is lazy we represent christ and so everything we should do should be done in excellence because christ does it excellently it's not because we can do it perfectly like christ but yeah. because christ is we we work towards that end so yeah and christians are the ones with a basis for having things that are good, true, and beautiful. Yeah, amen. amen. That the, our worldview is the only worldview that can account for such things as goodness, truth, and beauty. When God placed Adam in the garden, he didn't just give him a tree that was able to sustain him physically. Mm -hmm. He put trees in the garden that didn't bear fruit mm -hmm. in the sense of just being beautiful to the eye. Yeah. yeah. Their explicit purpose was to be pleasing to the eye. Yeah. So God loves beauty. Um, he loves beautiful things and he loves truth and, and goodness and all of those things together. We need to realize that no matter where God has called us to serve, God demands us to reproduce those things um, because he has reconstituted us as new creatures. Yeah, and, and so is it good? Is it true? Is it beautiful? And we should be driving that conversation, not constantly trying to catch up sure. to the unbelievers who are doing good work oftentimes. Yeah. You know, they yeah. are, but what's the basis for it? Right. Do they actually have um, a, a coherent system that can make sense of such things? They'll right. do it because they're in the image of God, Amen. right? They'll do those yeah. things. And we can point to that and say, the reason you desire these things mm -hmm. is because God made you in his image. Um, but your worldview can account for it. Um, and so we not only have the ability to do that, but we have the system that can ground it and actually point to a basis for it and really give life meaning. Yeah. It just, it gives life its meaning, its purpose. And by this standard, by what standard yeah. do you do these excellent mm -hmm. things? It's, it's Christ. It's his word. That's gotta be the foundation. Amen. You gotta get going here in a minute, right? Yeah. Just pop should, off when you yeah, got you. Probably I, have head a, out, yeah. I have someone taking your seat when they walk okay. up here. So thanks dude. Later, dude. So let me ask you this, Daniel. Can a Christian make neutral burgers can a christian yeah they they, they you could, know what i'm saying they they could but but the question would be is that 
is that satisfying to God? Right. Even even and so this is where the the question comes in: is is it down to the detail that the burgers I cook, that the way I'm cleaning my house, is it down to that very detail? And I would argue yes. And the reason why is because in Colossians one, before we get to Colossians three, uh, in Colossians one, when it talks about we've been transferred from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light, that we've been redeemed by His blood, it then goes on to say in verse sixteen and seventeen. This is a verse we all know that. All things were created through him, visible, invisible, thrones, dominions, rulers, authorities. And Paul really goes through this list. And so the question is, okay, was anything left out of that list? Is there anything that is created that Jesus didn't create? The answer we all know is no. So even if, if he's the creator of all these things, and then God tells us in all things to do it with diligence, to do it to his glory, to not work unto man, Colossians 3.23, but work unto the Lord, then yes, even the burger itself um, if, if you can come to it with an approach of eh, laziness, or I think the way the scriptures would describe it is half-heartedness mm. as, a, as a sluggard. Yeah. Um, but as Christians, we shouldn't do that. I would argue it's actually a, a sin to approach life that way. And if you have, repent. Repent, and there's, there's forgiveness in Christ. Yeah. But approaching all of life by the standard of we've been bought, therefore, mm. greatness. Amen. Well, I just had my boy, James O'Brien, <laughs> jump on. He's staying with me right now. He lives in Dundalk. Dundalk. Got to get the right accent in the right place. In Ireland. From Dublin. Dublin. That's, I'm going to tell you something. This guy right here, he's a good dude. I'm, we've known each other about five years, I think. Five years, yeah. This guy. There's not a lot of faithful street preachers in, in Dublin. This guy's one of them. I love this guy. We talk all the time and been able to go visit him a few times. And he got to come visit us for Reform County, staying with me and I've had a great time learning Irish words that I didn't know before and uh, and vice versa. So what's up, James? What has been the highlight for you so far? Uh, just a uh, different mix of people that I've met here. Met some seals, some narc undercovers. Discovered that everybody has freedom here with guns. <laughs> it's very interesting. But uh, definitely James White. And, um, He's all right. John Sampson, yes, it was a great uh, speech as well. You never heard him before, have you? I uh, just one or two videos okay. on uh, YouTube. But I love John. He's great. He's very good. So we were just talking about how even in the the secular realm, like you're a forklift driver, can you drive your forklift to the glory of God? Of course. How? By following the rules and giving God <laughs> glory as I do. Yeah. <laughs> So what would it look like if you tried to be a forklift, be a neutral forklift driver? I'll be in the, I'll be, I would have had to crash him <laughs> <laughs> because I'd be relying on my own glory than God's glory. Yeah. Good so, answer. This guy. I no, love this guy. Forklifts, though, to my understanding, they're, they're dangerous, right? They're like very dangerous. Oh, yeah, yeah so, they're very dangerous. So yeah. even I think even in following the rules, there's an understanding of preservation of life, that the reason why you follow the rules and you're cautious about it is because god tells you to preserve life and yeah. so yeah you're right if you if you were just nonchalant about it you could hurt somebody and that would be not glorifying to god yeah. the rules are there for a reason because you're in charge of something precious that can end life mm -hmm. so you, you should preserve life so yeah, yeah. loving your neighbor love yeah. your neighbor i i look at it too uh neutrality i i would i would almost look at it in a sense where you're pretending to look good when you're actually not doing a good job. Maybe we could apply it that way. Uh, of course, that's not philosophical in any way, but it's it's pretending you're good 
when actually you're neither, you're not good, you know. And so, you know, we can really take that the opposite direction in what we do in this life. We can uh, totally disregard the call from Scripture to, to, to do everything to the glory of God. And that would include what you do, too. So we don't pretend we do what we're supposed to do, you know. So, James, what, uh, tell, tell our listeners what things are like. Like, what's the big thing in Ireland right now for you that you're facing, uh, just culturally speaking? There's so many different agendas and uh, ideologies coming into Ireland. So we have, uh, especially the LGBT community, have a lot of uh, socialism, especially, seems to be on the rise. And with the powers in the north and the south, it's going to be one political party in charge of both uh, regions. And they're very socialistic in, in nature, very pro-choice, very pro-LGB, very anti-family. So all the things that God, God uh, loves, like being a good family and everything else, these people are trying to attack it. And I think already freedom has been taken away so much already that if people don't realize, it'll be gone. They're not, they're not awake to what's actually happening at the moment. Um, so, what's it been three years now since you had the referendum? Yeah, 2018, I think it was, was it? Okay, yeah, so, the, yeah, that's right. So, so wh- what happened in 2018, there was, they voted basically to overturn, uh, to illegalize abortion and, and gay mirage. It had been illegal in Ireland uh, that whole time. What? Get him on? Isaac, Isaac thinks he just tells him what to do. Like I, Isaac doesn't run anything here. Jeez, uh, I'll get you on, bro. Um, so, t- tell us how. Like, I imagine it's like the floodgates of hell were just opened on that day to like just immoral culture. Uh, tell us what that's been like. Well, you know when the the vote happened and they were successful in passing abortion they had like a street party basically in the biggest in Dublin Castle is it Dublin is, always have street parties every night yeah but usually for St. Patrick's Day or something <laughs> <laughs> but not not for this but yeah they were celebrating in the street it was like it was a victory one for women that somehow that's glorious now to kill your baby mm. and they have the right to kill their babies but it's it's been a tough battle over the couple, last couple of years to, you know changing hearts and minds about different things about abortion, changing people's views about the pro-life movement. But there really is a solid group there that's being built up north and south. And uh, we can only praise God for that because uh, good things always start small with faithful men, faithful women that mm. just go out and do what God has commanded them to do. Yeah. It's to rescue those that led to the slaughter. So, Amen. This guy always is standing out in Ireland with his babies are murdered here. Signs. Murdered here. <laughs> um, by the way, if you're ever on the live feed on our Apology Radio live show, he's usually in the chat. <laughs> you might see him in there. Or yeah, Benji. That's because you're Benji making ben fun McIntyre. of the accent. No. I love your accent. 33 and a third. We just, 33 and a third. We just make him say words because it's awesome and we love to hear it. Um, sorry. <laughs> Got completely derailed. Uh, do you guys want to ask him anything? It's your chance to ask an Irishman a question. Yeah. Would you say from that moment... These people who celebrated this, did they stay about the same? Or have things in the culture degraded since? Have they gotten even worse? Yeah, the culture has definitely gotten worse. But the thing about the, it was called the repeal movement. 
they came out in their thousands and, you know, 40, 50,000 during the referendum. But they're nowhere to be seen now. They're not helping women now. They've mm. abandoned these people. It's only the church and wow. people that are at the abortion clinics that are trying to help these women at the moment. And one thing is they, they were so boisterous in the big crowd and they had the media on their side. But the media is all gone now. So it's just that one person now that comes against you. But with biblical uh, scripture, you can uh, defeat what they're saying so easy because they don't have the crowd behind them anymore. That's interesting. They, they pretend like they're one. Yeah in the celebration um but then after things die down they're separate individuals and they're not helping each other because only only through the biblical worldview the christian worldview is there a basis in which we come together we assemble we congregate we're we're one body and we help each other and we build each other up but in something that's false like that they'll celebrate on a day like that all this debauchery and all this wickedness and evil but then they'll go to their homes and they won't really be there for each other. And in fact, they won't be there for each other so much. They'll have to make socialist welfare systems to force people and to hire them to help others when the church is supposed to be the one who does it freely and joyfully and willingly. And uh, that's, that's the degradation. Yeah. So it's the, only going to go down from so there. these women are left yeah. with no hope anymore. They have to go back to their, to their homes after taking the abortion right. pill. And they're left with the consequences of what happens, whether there's the actual baby is there in the in the in the restroom toilet, and who deals with that? The woman is left now vulnerable on her own, yeah. and and the repeal movement and everybody else is no longer there to help them, because all their agenda was was to use women, right. and use their agenda for their own uh, means, yep. but it wasn't for the actual topic. They just wanted abortion in at all costs, yeah. and they yeah. didn't care who they used or what agenda, uh, what news story they used to accomplish that goal. But Christ has already won. Amen. We should be uh, uh, praising God when we're out there uh, preaching Amen. the gospel, talking to women. Amen. You know, we, we yeah. have nothing to worry about. Yeah, my, my question is twofold. So I'm originally from California. It sounds like you're having a, a culture change in California just completely to the left now, culture of death. So what has been the church's response in ireland to what's been going on and what do you think the church's response should be well, the church's response is basically the same church response that happened with COVID. they they follow the government they don't realize that no the government is is put there by god yeah they haven't grasped that concept yeah so the problem then is whatever the government then tells them they'll just follow sure. they'll just follow and they, they actually have a defeatist attitude because yeah. for most churches, Christ is not on the throne. Uh, Christ is still to come. Sure. So they don't even know that Christ is sitting on the throne. So and eschatology and Christ is already, matters. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So we've imported a lot of bad eschatology from mainly the States and, yeah. and other places. And that's uh, rampant. Yeah, yeah. No, so is it like, like, in my experience in California, not that there's no good churches, but there are very few... They're sprinkled here and there. Is that what you say? Yeah. It's like an well, We praise God for, for the good churches. Sure. I won't say that there is no good churches, but there definitely is faithful preachers. Yeah. We know some. We have uh, Pastor Paul up in uh, Cookstown. We have a few in Belfast. We have yeah. our churches preaching the gospel and trying to do everything that they can. There's churches in Dublin as well. So uh, rather than focus on what the church is not doing, 
Sure. God, everything that's happening now, God knows about it. So I, I still believe everything is working out for his glory. Yeah. So I'd rather focus on the good things that are happening and give a God praise for everything. Every little chance he gives us to talk to people, Amen. maybe small or big, but just to be used by God is a blessing. Yeah. For someone like myself, the life I lived before, for God to even uh, use me in anything is, is such a yeah. blessing. It still blows me mind. You sound yeah. like Paul. Yeah. Well, I, the <laughs> wretched sinner that I Irish. Am. <laughs> <laughs> How do we know that? He probably went there after Spain, I'd say. <laughs> right and by the way, he said that Christ is sitting on his throne. Is what throne, yeah. Now. It's not, the tea I have throne. a problem with. On a throne. <laughs> um, sorry. I was trying not to make fun of you. I love it, though. I, like, seriously love it so much. Okay. You guys will appreciate this. You guys both go to the abortion mill uh, probably every week or so, or pretty regularly. Um, they don't have abortion mills. They got hospitals. Mm. It's crazy, because when we were this last time, wow. I went to one, and, like, literally, you're standing out front of the entrance, the main entrance into a hospital holding signs, hoping that someone, you'll stop someone. And it's it's not like, you know, we have here. You don't know who's going in to have an abortion, who's going in to have a baby, who's going in to get their, you know, wow. appendix out, like whatever. And it's it's crazy. And we I was I'm, I'm hoping that we were able to bless and encourage the, the team that was out there because they're pretty discouraged, right? Because they're like, I just don't know if this is effective. You know, I don't know if we're no one's really stopping to talk to us every once in a while. Someone does not and you guys know this. I just encourage them. I was like, look, just being here, just being out yeah. front, you have no idea how many people yeah. are coming in to get an abortion. They see you out here, they see the signs, and they drive by. Yeah. And, uh, but anyways, I wanted to share that with you guys because, and I want you to talk about that. But, um, yeah, it's, it's a different, it's a different situation than we have. But what's that been like for you? Yeah, it is difficult because you're so far away from the main entrance mm-hmm. that you can't really call out so much because so many different people are going in for so many different reasons but over the last couple of years that we have been doing it doctors have come out nurses have came out said thanks so much for what you're doing and, wow. and that alone and it's like what luke yeah. says i didn't even know that dude That's yeah awesome. you don't even know if, it, if it's effective because you're yeah. just standing there with a sign we'll uh, we want to help uh, god loves you different signs like that so it's a, a mix of different signs it's not like all babies are murdered here and stuff like that but um doctors have come out we used to have this woman walk by us and at the start she was quite hostile to what we were doing now we're talking to her like she's the best friend we're able to present the gospel yeah random people are just stopping their cars and saying thanks so much for what you're doing yeah and that's a real encouragement because it is it is going to be a long process it's got it's going to be so hard to convince so many of course we have to convince the church you know uh, that's going to be such a uphill battle at the moment because yeah. people are, are just they just don't want to get involved and you know god will yeah. use whoever he uses but we do need more help and it's hopefully that will change in the next couple of years but there, I, I think there is a shift going to come because people are getting fed up with all these ideologies yeah. that are, are not our own that's not how we were raised mm. so we were uh we were talking earlier about being results-driven people in, in our in our work and in what we do as Christians with art and uh, vocations and careers. But at the very same time, we do that, as we said, because Christ is Lord. And so I think about when we do street preaching, I think about when we do evangelism, when we go out in front of the mill, 
we're called to do this irrespective of the results in this case, you know, because ultimately um, the results are going to be well done, good and faithful servant. And if we, we, we've talked about this before, like even as church planter, you know, and you did this 10 years ago, it's like you work so hard, but if you work it and do it for the people, yeah, ultimately they're beneficiaries and the, and the people who are going to hear you out in front of the, the hospital there, they're going to be beneficiaries sometimes. They're going to reject you a lot. But ultimately we do what we do for the king and uh, we're going to produce for him irrespective of the, re- the results. And that's what's going to keep us going. You know, like I think about the prophet Jeremiah had one of the most difficult um, ministries ever. Uh, uh, thrown into a pit for God. Uh, I, I forget which chapter it is, but early on in Jeremiah, God tells him, you're going to preach my message and no one's going to come to repentance <laughs> by your preaching, but you got to be faithful. And so it's like, we may not see what we're doing and you may not see, you know, last week or this week or even next week a baby saved. I believe you will at some point soon. Um, Is that but, a word from the Lord? What's that? You prophesying? <laughs> <laughs> no, just because God works through, through his church. But, uh, but either way, um, you got me off track. That's sorry. what you did. I'm sorry, dude. Yeah. Being faithful. Yeah. Faithfulness. Yeah, you just do it. And even if you're preaching the truth of God and his gospel out into the open air, that's changing things. Yeah. That's, that's not, that's power. Like the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. You're, you're like throwing power <laughs> into the air and it's going to catch someone at some point. You know what I mean? Oh, so I like that. Um, yeah, you asked me early on, remember, you, I know what you're talking about. You're like, what is the... Uh, I don't remember exactly how you worded it, but you're basically like, what does, what does failure look like for a church plant? And I said, not being faithful. Yeah. Like, I don't care about numbers. Are you being faithful? Then, yeah, you're successful. If you're not being faithful, then no, you're a failure. Um, so, yeah, no, I'm glad you brought that up. Um, I'm going to I'm gonna ask, did you want to ask anything? Yeah, no, I mean, I'll I, just, I'm going to change the subject, so. Really quick, um, to encourage you guys, I think you're – Wade told me this earlier a couple of days ago, so this is me taking what he said to you. But it's your, it's your service to the Lord. That's why you're doing it. Of course, there's a different feel to be out there and understand there are women going in to kill their baby. I remember the first time I did it, it's like it just feels weird. It feels dark. But you're ultimately doing this as service to the Lord. And the woman and the babies, they'll reap the benefits off of that. But you're doing this for him. And so that, I know, is a big encouragement if you're, if you're thinking that way versus, you know, how many babies did we save? Are we going to be able to hold one? I'm sure all that is a great encouragement, but with just a thought in mind of this is my service to my king who's on his throne, and I'm going to be here regardless. Thanks, dude. Um, so here's, here's what I want to ask you, James. So for those of you that don't know, he's, he's in the Republic of Ireland, so he's in the south, but he a lot of times goes and ministers in, the, in Northern Ireland, in the north. And traditionally, historically, the Republic is primarily Roman Catholic, the north is primarily uh protestant right so we don't really experience anything like that the only thing comparable is like 
Wade being up in Salt Lake City where it's like 99% Mormon, right? Like, it's like, you know, it's like a, there's like a very clear, like, dichotomy in, like, I guess the view. East Coast used to largely be Roman Catholic. Yeah. But n- now they're just yeah. apostles. But, like, he goes, apostles. you know, <laughs> it, it could change any day of the week, you know. Yeah. What is that like? Just, you know, one day you're in, the, you're in Dublin and, you know, it's Roman Catholic. The next day you're up in the north and it's Protestant. Like, th- does that present any challenges for you doing evangelism and all? Or is just tell me about that. Um, not really. No, it's like obviously the accents in different. Uh, d- this is true. So if I go up very north, different, I'm, my accent stands out like a sore thumb. So people have an, an impression of that accent and put you in the boxes. That they you use should, their ages up. Yeah, so you should be in this tribe and that tribe, and you should think like this. But like I've met so many faithful people that have changed my perception of the north. Some wonderful people up mm. there because we were raised a different way down south mm. then up north but Jesus Christ has brought us all together so Jesus Christ got rid of all them preconditions that we uh, ha- had applied to certain people and I haven't not got blessed by people up there met so many faithful people that they're all for the one t- cause Christ to g- give him glory and everything that they do no- and nothing for themselves <clears throat> yeah. excuse me no, so, good, nothing for themselves you know so it, it's it's amazing how God is walking up in a country, and even to think that we met, I met these guys mm. by God's providence, by, God's by providence. just showing up, yeah. and that's what it's about. Just Christ, show up. Christ is the common tell, yeah. common bond. Tell yeah. that story. Yeah. So there was a pro-life event in Dublin, and it got cancelled by a socialist group. They kicked up so so much murder about it that they had to go out onto the street and actually do the the pro-life rally in the streets. So I was so like enraged by it that I traveled from Dundalk to Dublin for about an hour. So we arrived at this march and uh, Jeff was there and Luke was there. So, and you had just recently seen us on yeah. video, right? Yeah. Doing wasn't, something, I don't know what it was. Yeah, it wasn't too long getting yeah. to know who you were. So all I knew was like, oh, that's the guy from YouTube with the big beard. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't remember his name. Yeah. But um. I just went over, I was, I was just brave. I went over and said, oh, you're that guy. And we just hit it off and had a great conversations. Yeah. But even while we were there, Jeff was um, evangelizing to different people from the pro-life movement. And there were some great conversations that came out of that. Yeah. And then people seeing them videos. And then that was just them coming to Ireland yeah. and, and being faithful to what God says. You can imagine like the conversation with your wife. I'm going to Ireland. <laughs> it's miles away. Yeah. It's like over three thousand miles. So, yeah. Like, and and God, them you listening to what God is saying, and then you obeying God and just go. Yeah. And, and God doesn't ask any more than that. Mm. Follow my word. Amen. Do as I say. Be faithful. Amen. So I'm gonna tell the story about the time we almost got arrested <laughs> in Ireland. James was there for that. So it, first, I still don't. I gotta ask. I still don't know why we didn't put this up. <laughs> it was the guy. I was actually filming. This was before like any of these guys we have not worked for us. Isaac didn't even work for us, and I I actually was filming that trip with Marcus. And uh, uh, this guy, this guy, came up at Marcus just furious at him, and he's he's got a like a wooden stick in one hand. Like I think there was like a sign attached to it or something, and it like had come off. It's like a pole. Yeah. Attached to so he's got a wood stick like this, and he's <laughs> and he's eating a sandwich, 
yeah. And so while he's like yelling at Marcus, there's like chunks of sandwich just flying wow. at him. And I thought for sure that guy was just going to club Marcus with this. I'm just waiting for it. And I'm filming the whole thing. I'm just like, it's coming. It didn't. But it still was a cool shot with the sandwich flying is, it, is that up on YouTube? No. I don't know why we never put that I don't know why up. we added that. We have it somewhere. There was a lot of stuff that happened yeah, that didn't but then, make the cool. Yeah. But then we went around the corner down the street, and we were just kind of like following the – this was at the pro-choice, pro-choice rally. Pro-choice Yeah. And uh, so we were just trying to get in conversations, and we get kind of in this, you know, heated conversation with some some feminists, and this lady cop on a bike rolls up, and and she parks her bike, hops off, and Jeff sees what's happening, you know, and he's like, "All right, we we got to we got to bounce, you know, because it's we don't need trouble, we don't need to get arrested." And Marcus is just going to town on this chick. He's just yapping away. And Jeff's like, Marcus, we got to go. And he wouldn't shut up. And this cop's like, we literally had to grab Marcus and drag him off. Just running his mouth with this chick the whole time. We're like, Marcus, dude, we're not getting, like, we, we have families, dude. Like, we can't get arrested. <laughs> but I love Marcus. He's so tenacious on the street. Like, uh, But, yeah, James was there. We were talking about the other day. It was just funny thinking about it. Like, it's like, man, that was not what we needed. So, what was your perspective on that? Well, the the cop, the woman cop, was acting wrong because she was supposed to be impartial, but she was acting as a feminist in a uniform. So, when you have police like that acting like feminists and not uh, listening to the oath that they swore when they took on their duty, which is to we we are in charge of the police as as uh, citizens. Yeah. Not, they, they're not supposed to have political views or express them in public, but she was mad. <laughs> we, I was nearly arrested as well with Max because I was standing beside him. <laughs> so. I just remembered, remember how we got the, we were leaving that and then there was the chick with the nasty signs on yeah. and stuff. I remember why we didn't put that up is because I got the video, but I forgot to hit record on the audio. Yeah, but oh that, that was, so vi- I have video of it, but I didn't have vile. the audio. That's why I yeah, remembered. We that's were right. Remember. That was not really the filmer guy, you know, the filmer guy. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we get these fellas. Um, well, cool, man. This has been fun. And you guys want to add anything? I think I got to get on stage here shortly. Yeah. So no, I'm waiting for Brian to come tell me I got to shut up. Wade, what's going on with you, bro? Tell us, tell people where they can find you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We, uh, we've been in Utah for 15 months. The church has been going for about 13 months. Um, man, it's been amazing. Uh, we're seeing people get saved by Christ. Um, I would say almost 50% of our congregation used to be uh, part of the Mormon organization. Wow. Um, what was that number again? 50, almost 50%. Wow. So, uh, at least at 15 for some reason, no 50, wow. the, the Lord's doing something. Um, I keep telling everyone that what just recently happened, we had a, a young lady, um, grew up in a Mormon home. Of course, parents are still Mormon and she was a sister missionary, which means, you know, she went through, uh, the, the Mormon organization. She went to the MTC. I like to say organization. I don't like to say church, by the way. Yeah. Um, and uh, just kidding. She got, man, she got saved, and uh, we got to baptize her two weeks ago. Wow, and, um, that's cool. Man, just her testimony. 
was incredible. She spoke before the church briefly. Wow. Just, she kept talking about the shackles of, mm. of, of Mormonism, and I know a lot of Mormons watch this show, and they'll probably love to pick this apart. Um, they'll probably the make o- a funny video out of it. The over, yeah, probably. They'll probably debunk you. The overwhelming uh, message from these people who used to be part of the Mormon organization is, I was shackled, I was enslaved to sin, and I was enslaved to a system that wanted to make me perfect. And, I, and the fact is, there's only one in this whole existence who's ever been perfect, and that's Jesus Christ. And it's He and His perfection that accomplishes my salvation. It's His work, His finished work. And so she, she just kept talking about the grace uh, of Jesus Christ and the freedom that she, she now has. Hmm. Uh, so anyways, yeah, the Lord's doing a lot there. And uh, we're in South Jordan. Where can and, people uh, find you on the internets? Yeah, you can go to ApologiaUtah.com, ApologiaUtah.com. We just made eight new gospel tracks, yes. by the way. Um, and they are hashtag dope. Yeah, and so you can fill out an order form there on our website, too. You can find the gospel tracks. We weren't, we weren't really going to sell them. They were just for our local uh, uh, ministry, but, you know, we've... We think that this might help people across the U.S. in their context. Uh, they look They're honestly some so of the most beautiful tracks I've ever seen. They look great. Yeah. yeah. Praise God. Praise you, God. Thinking about, like, remember the old school, like, just little plain paper ones? Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Done on, like, a typewriter or something. Like, like tenfold little booklets, yeah. and you're like... There's, like, a picture of, a, like, two cliffs with a cross bridge. Classic. Classic. <laughs> Classic. Um, where does she do her mission? She did in Japan. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That must have been difficult. Yeah, and, and basically... I love Japan, by what, the way. What had occurred, what started to plant seeds of doubt in her mind was they are to get... It's an unspoken quota, okay? So they even gave her a clicker. So it was all about asking people if they want to get baptized, and they would click, and they would click, and they would click. And... There was moments where there was people who were considering her message. You know, they, they were wondering, they wanted to know more. They're having, you know, they're in despair. They want to know the truth in some regard. And they, of course, Mormons say they have it, and obviously they don't. But essentially, the mission president there in her jurisdiction in Japan said, you're spending too long with people. You're spending too much time with people. With those type of people who are wondering more, you just need to get them baptized, click it, keep moving on. And wow. she said, this isn't the gospel. You know, she grew up going, oh, I can't wait, you know, excited to give the gospel. Uh, and uh, she said, this isn't it. This isn't the gospel, just clicking. Wow. One more person, one more person. And, you know, that's not unique to Mormonism. Even evangelicals will do that. Uh, you'll meet mega church pastors who will boast online, you know, we just did another uh, take the plunge dunk and we've got over the weekend 500 more people baptized and they'll advertise that. So, of course, it's, it's not exclusive to Mormonism, but that's, that's wrong. That's false. And that's not how Jesus demonstrates yeah. how we are born again. Yeah. So, anyways, the Lord's doing, wow. doing amazing things up there. I you know, know, I always, sorry, I mean, cut no, you off. No, you're good. I always just feel so bad 
for the sister elders, you know, you know, especially in the summer, you know, and on their bikes wearing dresses. But, like, I think something that really, I don't know, it's just always, I've always, it's always felt heavy to me was the last time we went to the temple, which was a year ago, right? Wasn't it a year ago when we were in Salt Lake? Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, it, it was in June. Was it June? Yes. I'm s- yeah. Yeah, I'm Last sorry. Last time you were right. here. No. There. Was it June? June? Yeah. You were okay. there in June. No, but did we go to the temple in June? Oh, no. <laughs> right. So oh, it was when last you time guys we were, were here when we started when you the plant in yeah, October. Yeah. 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 So yeah. it my used... Bad. No, it's okay. I just want to... <laughs> my germs. My, uh, my brain's fried right now, so... Um, it used to always be like, you know, they got like the best dude apologists out there, you know, and now you know exactly what I'm going to say. There wasn't a dude to be found anywhere. No. It was, they had all the sister missionaries out yeah. there yeah, and they were just using them. Yeah. They're literally just using them to just bait people into the church. Girls from all over the world. Yeah. With yeah. their little different placards. Ugh, I was, it like, and, cr- it was, yeah. broke my heart to see that. I was like, man, that's like, it's basically sex trafficking. <laughs> In a weird way, you know, like, yeah. well, it is. Yeah, it, most cults are sex cults, right? And yeah. Mormonism is just like, and I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna offend tons okay. of people, yeah. Yeah. and that's what it's the truth. But like Islam, Islam's yeah. goal, you know, is some form of progression and then having multiple wives. Right. Same thing with Mormonism: yeah. progress and get wives. It's all about and make that. babies for eternity. Right. Yeah. The 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 biggest goal the 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 most amazing thing the ex, the exaltation we get to receive is not that we become deified it's that we get to go to the only one true deity god himself god almighty and we get to worship him and that's the promise is that we are his bride and he is the bridegroom and that's the reward and the reward from toil and from sin and disease and death and famine and all those things and we get to enjoy him forever and uh so I find that every cult and every false religion is mm. antithetical to that. They, they promise deification and virgins <laughs> or wives yeah. or whatever. Mm. Um, so, yeah. Anyways, I just, I've, I've, I noticed the change and I don't like it. So yeah. Just saying, where can they find you at uh, constant Nino on Instagram? <laughs> no, I don't have anything right now. I mean, I'm on Facebook. It's about it. Look at this right here. I probably can have you guys see this. His phone. Can you see his phone cover? It's, it's the Justice League. You I mean, no, it is like his screen Batman. is like. Oh. It's it looks like my twelve year olds. <laughs> it looks it's got like, more cracks than the Plumber Academy. I don't know how it yeah. even. <laughs> how does this even work, bro? No, I mean you use your fingers. It's a phone. No, I'm just kidding. No, but it's uh, so many cracks. I don't understand. Yeah, it works. I, I cut myself every once in a while. <laughs> it's okay. There's like shards in your finger. <laughs> You no, have I'm no talking... more fingerprints, bro. It just it's cut all your well, fingerprints I mean, off. The back right here is pretty bad. Oh my goodness. Hey, so here's what we're gonna do. Um, we're gonna start a fund. Yes, yes, yeah. Yes. We're gonna start a fund just for Daniel to get a new phone. But look at the back. Cu- the battery yeah, showing. The, I mean, yeah. oh, yeah, j- yeah. just kidding. Um, yeah. So if you want to help Daniel out with that, he'll gladly accept that. Yeah. Constant Nino on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I got. I'm tired. Yeah. It's been good. Yeah. We yeah. got, we're almost there. We got, uh, I think Dr. Boots teaching right now. And then Sarfate San is up. And then Jeffrey Wayne Durbin. And then Jeffrey Wayne. And then the end. JWD. The little ninja. 
Yeah. I I want to see him fight you now. Oh, I mean, we, we can set that up. Okay. Je- yeah. So Jeffrey Wayne lost his voice doing yelling, his uh, ninja stuff. Ninja yelling. He's like, I was ninja. I was expecting backflips. All he was doing was screaming and just, flailing everywhere. So I okay. I'm gonna explain something because I maybe you guys didn't know this, and if you're watching, maybe you saw it live and were like, "What was that?" At the end, he like he pointed. He did like a. They were supposed point. to be like some Bible verses on the screen next to him, but he like pointed up like, and it was him. So it just looked hilarious because yeah. he's like pointing like, <laughs> "Look at me I'm on the screen!" Yeah. And we're like, "What is he? What was that?" <laughs> well, it looked like, like what was it? It looked like he was changing routines for me. Like he did all this, and then he's like. <laughs> It was like disco after. Yeah, so that's what that was all about. Actually, right. the live stream didn't even see that because it was only <laughs> the screen. Oh, okay. It wasn't even. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> you see it later. I would have done a backflip. What that was. So, um, that's all I got. Kyle, thank you. Gave the babe, thank you. Forrest, Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump. Forrest Whitaker. Forrest Whitaker. Forrest Whitaker. Listen, <laughs> Forrest Whitaker. With the lazy eye. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's him. <laughs> Lazy eye. Well, what was that show he was on? He was a trash man. He was a trash collector. Do you remember? Mm. It was like a sitcom. That's what made him famous. Mm. I don't remember. I might be too old for that. Somebody will know. Um, yeah, so. Do you remember that movie with, uh, is it Tony Danza? Where he uh, tried out to be a kicker. Tony he, Danza was in a movie? And he kicked. The trash, <laughs> the, the, the garbage truck, and he became a kicker. Are you being for real? Yeah. No. Oh, yeah, you got to check it out. Shut up. I'll find it later for you. I love this guy. Um, I was going to say something I forgot, so that's it. Thank you all. We appreciate you. And we'll be back next week, this next week, this upcoming week. I just don't know what we're doing yet because Jeff will be in Georgia. Ready break. All right. We see we'll Thank see you. you next week. Next week. We'll see you. We'll see you next week for Jeff's monologue show. <laughs>